WBCRFM, Loudonville, Albany. Proudly owned and operated by Siena College, a Franciscan institution. 88.3 Welcome to the Saints and Alumni Show right here on WBCR, 88.3 The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy, class of 2017, from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I'm joined by Miguel Alvarado, class of 2005, Lucella from the class of 2025. Tequila and Bango from the class of 2026. Today we'll talk about their Siena story and how specifically music has played a major role in that journey. Stay with us, we'll be right back here on the Saints and Alumni Show. Hey, you found us. 88.3, The Saint. Welcome back to the Saints and Alumni Show right here on WBCR, 88.3, The Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy, from the class of 2017 from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I'm joined by a music trio here at Siena, Miguel Alvarado from the class of 2005, Muncella from the class of 2025, and Tahila Mbengo from the class of 2026. Today we'll talk about their Siena story and how music is the puzzle piece that brings people together and grow as individuals at the same time. A reminder to everyone listening, today on WBCR 88 Print Through the Site, that you can subscribe uh, to the bi-weekly podcast highlighting members of the Siena community via Apple and Spotify podcasts, listen on iHeartRadio, and subscribe to the Siena Alumni YouTube channel if you want to watch each video podcast. Munsella, Miguel, and Tahila, thank you so much for taking the time to not play music, but instead talk about music and sit down with the Siena community today. Uh, all three of you, I believe, is the first time on the podcast. And I'll begin with you, Miguel. How are things going today? Everything is going well. Thank you for having me. And Marcella, how are things? How are classes going? How's the week been? Everything's going great. And we need some sun, but other than that, we should be good. <laughs> I saw a stat the other day. It's been 10 straight days that we've seen sunlight. But one of the sunny side of things is, is women's basketball. Big game coming up. Tequila, how are you doing today? Yeah, Um. so I'm doing really great. But because of that game tonight, it's the pink zone game, I believe. Um, today's been really busy. So I have this little break right now, uh, but I have to be back in the UHY by 5.15. So I'm glad. I'm just glad to be able to use this break to talk with you guys. Awesome. I'm so excited about today's show. And I mentioned uh, in the pre-interview, you know, I didn't know Tequila and Munsella, and I only knew Miguel kind of as a colleague. And it was a few weeks ago that we were planning a Siena Alumni Coffee House where I discovered the musical side of Miguel and the connections that Miguel has been making with the student body through music here at Siena. But before we get to talk about the event and the musical passion of all three of you, our listeners kind of want to have an understanding and, and get to know you and your Siena story and how you ended up here. So Miguel, can you kind of first share with the listeners today how you heard about Siena? Was it always a top choice for you and, and why you wanted to be a Siena Saint? Well, uh, thank you. That's a good question. So uh, I attended Bronx Leadership Academy in Bronx, New York. I grew up in the Bronx. And my admissions counselor, Mrs. Joya, which is ironic because I now work in the financial aid department as, as well as in the, the enrollment team, is housed in the Patricia Joya Hall. So she was the one who spoke to me about Siena College. My high school only had two floors, roughly 300 students. So I needed something that would mimic that same educational background and resources. So when I came on my tour... Um, I want to say the year 2000, I came and I toured here. Uh, 
it was literally an easy transition that one-on-one, you know, community-based environment. And for you, Munsell, you just had a transition, even though you're a second year student in college. Can you kind of, you know, dive in a little bit and get some background on, on that transition for you? Yeah, so um, kind of similar to Miguel, I grew up in the city. Um, I grew up in Queens. I went to a very small, like, kindergarten through eighth grade. I went to a music school, which is um, called Voice Charter School. And then when I graduated from there, I went to a really big high school, like 4,000 kids. And to me, like, that was kind of normal. So when I graduated, I didn't mind going to a bigger institution. So I had gone to Albany, but... I didn't realize that in college, like, because there's so many students, like, in reality, you really become like a number, like you're not, there's not really like focus on each student in terms of individuality. And when I found Sienna, I really felt like I found the right place because it's more focused on each student and how to achieve their careers, as well as kind of having them take a step in their careers while they're still in school so that by the time they graduate, they're kind of set. So that's what really attracted me to the school. And it's been so it's like you've been on a podcast, you're hinting at, you know, Sienna helps identify each individual and their talents. And we'll get into that soon with Miguel and identifying music. But I want to now pivot the discussion over to Tequila as well and give our listeners a chance to hear why Tequila decided to uh, become a Sienna Saint. Um, so funny story, actually, uh, I grew up in upstate New York, so I wanted to get away from here because um, I've just been here my whole life. So Sienna wasn't my first option. Um, I was looking at Belmont University in Tennessee because of their, their music program there for most of my senior year. Um, but so Sienna was one of my backup schools. Um, but like just the circumstances surrounding me at the time, like during the spring of my senior year, kind of really pointed that God wanted me to stay close to home. Um, and now I'm seeing why. Um, so my freshman year, I commuted here. Um, and now I live on campus as a sophomore. So um, my major is business with concentrations in marketing entrepreneurship, but I'm like looking to kind of build on that and like have it be more involved with music too. So. And when people hear the word Belmont, you know, Belmont is known for their music program yeah. inside the classroom and outside of the classroom. And Sienna isn't quite there yet, but the overall outside of the classroom experience and inside is, is pretty dynamic. Miguel, can you first kind of talk a little bit about those outside the classroom experiences? Kind of what is one or two things that you were involved in as a student at your time at Siena? Absolutely. I was involved in a Black and Latino student union. Now they've kind of separated with uh, um, two entities. And I was also part of the ASA um, group as well. And uh, both of them just really fostered an environment of um, inclusivity, diversity, and just bringing light to different cultures and traditions. Um, and that's what we take pride in, you know, here on the Siena campus. If you walk through the SSU, you see all of the flags of the respective cultures that we have in our student body. Miguel, and that's a great point that you make. And I just kind of want to elaborate a little bit on all of those flags. Kind of where are those flags on campus if we had a community member come on? Uh, where, where could they see that? They could see that um, right outside the Great Maloney Room. Um, it's literally, is it called the atrium? I forget what yes. the atrium, right. Um, and it, it's a, it's literally, as soon as you walk into the building, it's a great representation of what, you know, of our mission, um, you know, to, to make this world a, a peaceful and more just humane place as, uh, president, um, Cypher said, and our previous president Gibson has said as well. Um, so it's a good kind of leveling feel like, wow, I belong here. I don't have to worry about fitting into Sienna. Sienna will adapt around me. And Sienna, 
tries every day uh, to increase the inclusivity at Siena uh, to represent the student body in as many ways possible. And, and one of those being the, the amount of clubs that we have at Siena that you just mentioned. And for you, Munsella, joining clubs as well. You grew up in the city, uh, but you came to Siena and, and you've decided to join an outing club. Uh, there's, a, there's a big trip coming up as well that, that you might be on. Can you talk a little bit about why you thought to join the outing club and, and maybe what this trip's about? Yeah, so um, me and my best friend, Corinne Blonde, we joined together. And um, honestly, like we both kind of like want to interact more with nature in a sense. So like in terms of like hiking, and I personally really enjoy skiing. And, and as somebody who grew up in the city, like I couldn't just like pick up my skis and go or you know like it's kind of like limited so I felt like it would be good for us like mentally especially dealing with like the stresses of school and everything that comes with it so I, uh, soon soon there's I believe there's a trip coming up in two weeks it's a ski trip so we're gonna try and get on that one so I uh I, I don't ski as well uh, I was about seven years old and I was training on how to ski and I sprained my knee in the bunny hill and I uh, never went back to the to the ski at Rosette again. But my boss, Sharice, is a huge skier and it's a huge thing here in the capital region uh, to do on the weekends. Uh, a ton of ski slopes, you know, not that far away. And another really big thing at Siena um, and within the capital region is, is Siena women's basketball. We just celebrated the 50th anniversary of women's basketball. We had about 100 uh, community members return for that celebration. And we're in the middle of the max schedule. And as Tahila mentioned in her opening remarks, you know, it's pretty busy for her and for the program. Um, and, and Tahila decided to get involved with, with the women's basketball program. So can you kind of give us some insight on some of the roles and responsibilities that you have uh, within the program, Tahila? Yes. So I'm one of the managers for the women's team. Um, for the most part, like, I would say we're responsible for overseeing all the equipment that comes with, like, the players. Um, especially on game days, like we just have a bunch of bags that we have to bring with us when we travel. And when we're here, it's easier because it's in the locker room, but just making sure those are taken care of, making sure the players are taken care of. That's definitely the biggest thing. And also rebounding, which doesn't seem like, like a huge deal, but the more shots that the girls can get up, the better. Um, so I help wherever I'm needed. Uh, sometimes it'll be like doing that or like if our director Morgan, if she wants to assign me a task, then I'll take care of that. Um, but I first got involved because they have a team of men mostly uh, that play against the women during practice, um, which is the scout team. And so I did that my freshman year. And then towards the spring, um, Morgan asked me if I wanted to manage because I had expressed that I was like interested in that before. So of course I said yes. And I'm like so happy that I did because it's opened up so many doors for me. Um, I've made a lot of friendships that I cherish, but I also like, I really value their work ethic. Like, I think that's the biggest thing for me is just being around people that share a strong work ethic. Um, the coaches, they're they're always talking about doing the hard things and like maintaining discipline. Like even when you're tired, even when you're exhausted, like that's when you really gotta like let it kick in um, and just not give up. So I would say like, I definitely agree with their philosophies and I've learned a lot from them in that like everything that they talk about, like it can be applied to anything like music, school, like on and off the court for sure. So we usually end a lot of our podcasts with, you know, some advice for the listeners. And, and that's a great one that you had tequila and, and the advice that you received from coach Jim Jaber, the women's staff, and, and obviously the women's players as well. And we have just under five minutes left in the first segment today. And we want to conclude this first segment talking about relationships here at Siena, because it kind of begins to paint the picture 
within music and the relationships that music has brought all of you here at Siena. Miguel, can you kind of give us uh, maybe one or two people that were influential or that you just had a close friendship with at Siena when you were a student? Um, yeah, uh, my foundations professor, we call it first year seminar now, but my foundations professor, his name was John Caputo. Um, this guy was just, he was phenomenal. And he was one of the first professors on campus that was that was relatable for me because he grew up in Brooklyn. So right off of the bat, I was able to connect with someone in an integral course that was part of my, you know, my workload. And um, both inside and outside the classroom, we just connected hip hop, music, photography, um, everything. Um, so that that was my guy. I used to call him Mr. Magoo because he looked like exactly like Mr. Magoo. I'm probably dating myself now with Monsella and Tehila. And then our president, right, Chuck. So he was my marketing professor. And uh, I got an A in every single class <laughs> for the record. All right. We can go back to the registrar's office. To pull we got it. the receipts. Yeah. And one of the one of the, the biggest things he taught me in life is whenever there was a paper due, um, he shared his experience as a student. He was able to get down to the level of each student to figure out where they were at so that he can reach an impact. And, you know, he says, you know, he says, if you're going to hand your paper in, make, you know, make sure you do it by this time. So I handed my paper in, right, came back the next day and I was like, all right, you know, what do you think? He goes, how much time did you spend on this? I'm like, not as much time as I wanted to. So he sent me back and I did that two more times. He goes, how much time did you spend on this? And I finally told him, you know what? I gave him my all. I gave him my all this time. He goes, okay, now I'll read it. So it's always putting your best foot forward. Mm -hmm. So that was something that stuck with me throughout all of these years. And mind you, I graduated in 2005. So that's what I try to, you know, share with Tahila, Monsella, anyone that I come in contact with that it's very hard to make a second impression, right? It's really, really difficult. Once someone has kind of their perception of you, it's really difficult to change. But if you're always putting in your best, you could be happy with the results, whether it's what you wanted or there's area of improvement. And I love that you mentioned uh, somebody pushing you to to go that extra step. And, and I know that you do that with, with your students and, and pushing them to find themselves through the lyrical music that they produce and, and the beats that they produce. And, and we'll get into that in the second segment. And in, in the two minutes that we have left, I kind of want to pass it over now to Munsella and Tequila to talk about you know, the key relationship that you both have uh, with, with our, one of our guests today, Miguel, and kind of how that all began. So I'll give it to you first, Munsella. Yes. So um, I met Miguel when I was first thinking about transferring to Siena. Um, when I first met him, it's kind of actually like funny because the same way he connected with his foundations professor is like kind of how I connected with him because he's from the Bronx. I'm from Queens, both from the city. It just kind of starts off conversation. And then after that, like he really helps me with a lot of things in terms of like um, finding like scholarships or finding people I could talk to to make Siena affordable for me. And it was something that I really like appreciated deep down inside. So I ended up kind of like we like developed like a very close relationship where I can like talk to him about my music. And even sometimes I know there's been times where I went in there crying about how stressful my life is. And it's just really nice to find someone like that, especially like transferring, like when you're not a freshman, because then like everybody already has like the people they know mm -hmm. and everything. So you're kind of like coming into other people's world in a sense. So it was kind of nice to have someone to talk to. And then he gave me this wonderful music connection at Siena which I would not have found on my own because like in terms of writing and stuff like that I could only really find like um the acapella club and that really wasn't like what I was looking to do 
And it's so important as well to have that one person or maybe a few people that, that can ground you on a day-to-day -day basis and, and bring you back to that balanced point. And, and for you, Tequila, you also have this great relationship with Miguel as well. And and can, can you tell us a little bit about how you kind of first uh, began to work with Miguel? Yeah, so um, I really only knew Miguel as like my financial aid advisor at first and like everything that my dad told me, he'd be, he'd be like, oh, I'm talking to Miguel about like, your school and I'm like oh, okay like cool <laughs> um but like he's grown to be really special to me like even just today he was helping me out with something that I was stressed out about and it really really helped me um kind of reset like where I'm at with things right now so I I know that he's here for me and I know that it's really genuine um and that he cares which is kind of hard to find nowadays like at, at least with like sometimes staff because like they just have so many people that they got to work with and it's like knowing that he like truly cares about me and like my life and what I'm doing is just so important. Um, and I also appreciate that he challenges me, that he pushes me out of my comfort zone. He definitely pushes me to do things sooner than I plan to do them. Um, and doesn't always let me make things like perfect before I move forward with them. Um, and I just love that Miguel, that you encourage me, even if I make mistakes, but you're so supportive no matter what I choose to do. Um, and I'm just so glad to be here because like Miguel has this amazing vision for music at Siena and I kind of want to do whatever I can to help it come to fruition. So I'm really excited that you talked about music. You also talked about Miguel pushing you outside of the classroom with what you enjoy in life. And we're going to dive into all of that in the second segment right here on the Saints Alumni Show. Don't go anywhere. Your Siena College Connection, 88.3, The Saint. Welcome back to the Saints and Alumni Show right here on WBCR, aided from through the Saint. I'm your host this week, Brandon Murphy, class of 2017 from the Office of Alumni Engagement. And this week I am joined by a trio of musical geniuses at Siena, Miguel Alvarado, class of 2005, Winsela from the class of 2025, and Tahila Mbango from the class of 2026. We just wrapped up talking about bits and pieces of the Siena experience, but there's this big piece that we've been missing uh, outside of the classroom as part of the Siena experience. And I kind of want to dive into this topic of music and discovering ourselves through the process of music and the avenues that, that this unofficial club has given at Siena. But first I want to provide a, Miguel an opportunity as well as Muncella and Tequila to talk about the musical inspirations and, and a kind of big picture where we're at with music. So Miguel, can you first kind of share with our listeners where your passion for music comes from, maybe some genres and musicians that inspire you, but also this uh, big picture about the passion that you want to intertwine here uh, with your students? Absolutely. Well, growing up in the city, um, you know, I grew up a lot of, you know, lyricists. So, you know, Busta Rhymes, you know, uh, Biggie Smalls, Big Pun, Nas, um, <clears throat> Jay-Z, just to name a few. So hip hop was a form of expression. It wasn't just music. It transcended so many other things. Your whole swagger, um, the way you dress, the way you sounded. Um, you can say something, but you know, you knew you were from the Bronx, the way you said it. So it, it, I loved music because it was just, uh, it was interesting how someone can say something, um, use metaphors to mean something completely different, but at the same time, deliver a centralized message. So I think, you know, I told Tahila this earlier, you know, I love music, you know, because when, when words fail, music speaks. Um, some of my, the genres that I listen to are obviously, you know, I'm Puerto Rican, so I grew up on the salsa, the merengue, the bachata, the Caribbean side. Um, I love, you know, hip hop. I love R&B. 
some of my artists, my favorite artists growing up was Big, Big Pun and Busta Rhymes. Big Pun because he was a Latino, so he made it. So I had someone to look up to. Um, and then, you know, I became, I started following, I became a Christian in 2012. And I started listening to a lot of Christian hip hop, but I didn't want that hip hop was like, oh, I'm holier than thou. No, these, uh, these artists such as KB, Lecrae, Andy Mineo, um, things of that nature, Trip Lee, uh, Tadashi, I've listened to all of them. And so it's like, it, it's impacted me now because I look at my life and where I started, where I'm at now, and I'm just blessed to kind of experience all of that. So when I write music, I can literally speak to several audiences in one line. And, and Rosella, you know, speaking of lines, that's a great prelude to my next question, Miguel. Unbelievable timing. Uh, you had this amazing line when we sat down for the pre-interview, uh, and, and you said, um, having the minority be the majority here at Siena. And it, it can relate to so many things. Um, you know, you hinted at acapella not being exactly the pathway that you wanted to go down. And this statement can really help people reflect and discover, and especially when it comes to this music field that we're now talking about. And, and you and you were very lucky and you found this avenue with music through Miguel and Tequila at Siena. Kind of what drew you to pursuing music at Siena through this avenue? And kind of what are some of your inspirations uh, and genres that, that you enjoy? Okay, so um, as I mentioned earlier, I went to a music school from kindergarten to eighth grade. And in a sense, I was like classically trained. So I was really more singing like more classical music, more um, music theory, musical theater, stuff of that sort. And not until I was really in middle school that I started like venturing off into genres. But in high school, I really tried to write. I really did. My whole life, I tried to write music. It never worked. Like I tried to write the words. I could not write. Close the book. That was it. Moving on from music. And then I got to college and I met a couple friends and they kind of it inspired me to find a way to write, even if it's not the way that everybody else writes. So I found basically my own way of writing and everything has changed since then. I feel like it allows for me to express myself in a way that I feel like I've never been able to express myself in the past in terms of like, I could sing a song, but it's very different when you sing or rap or recite something that you wrote. Because even if you're not specifically writing about yourself or a personal like interaction, there's still bits and pieces of you throughout the entire like, you know, song or whatever it may be. So I really, honestly, when I came to Siena, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to do something on campus that's music related. I got to put my music out there. I just dropped a song in October. Well, not just, but it's still pretty recent to me. And, um, you know, I just really wanted to get involved. And when I spoke to Miguel, I just felt like, okay, perfect. Like, you know what? I'm such a like, why not person? Like, let's just do it. Like, what's the worst that could happen? So, yeah. And Mr. you talked about sitting down and, and writing lyrics about yourself. And Tequila, you mentioned earlier in the week, you know, that music can make somebody vulnerable. And, and, I'm, and I'm guessing our listeners might be curious on, you know, did that play a role in you pursuing music here at Siena through these avenues and, and some of your musical influences growing up and nowadays? Um, so, yeah, I definitely agree that music makes people vulnerable. Um, I know that, like, when a song comes together, it's kind of surreal because like knowing that something that I've wrote or like that I've collabed with with other people could potentially have an impact on like other people. It's kind of terrifying. Um, like when we just did Pop Fusion in December, uh, I was really nervous because like 
I'm not somebody that likes to make myself vulnerable. So like I keep my personal feelings, like my life, like my day to day things, like I just keep it private. So the fact that like what I was singing, like the hook for the song we performed, I wrote it. And the fact that like I was singing that, even though like it didn't reveal too much, like it was still something where like, like I just said, like my bits and pieces are in there. Like I admit in the song that like I run around like all day cause like I'm busy, but it's to like, at some times it's to like kind of hide or like avoid like processing like things that I'm dealing with, um, but it's real. And I think it's important like to be real. Like I love being busy, of course. Like I love everything that I do. I love what I'm involved with, but like it's it's still a really real thing that people deal with. And um, whether it's like within other people or like whether they're like staying true to themselves or an idea that they've had, like I think it's so important to kind of embrace what's real. Like that would be my advice to people is just to really embrace um, what's real like Kendrick Lamar on Good Kid Mad City he talks about on his song with the same title real um, he says um, what's love got to do with it if you don't love yourself and I think like loving yourself really is kind of how you can become like the most creative you can possibly be because when you love yourself like it doesn't matter what other people say it doesn't matter what they think um, you just have to like love what you create unapologetically and I've said a lot that the music industry right now, it's so oversaturated, like the things that are trending right now, like, like just certain <laughs> things, just when I think about it, like you, you probably know what I'm thinking right now. Um, it's just like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's like, we, we used to have artists like Nas, like talking about like real things, like stuff that is going on in this world that people need to know about. And right now we got Nikki. Meg, Ice Spice, top of the charts, talking about things that, like, provide no value to people's lives. So it's like, sometimes, like, even if you don't want to share things, it might be what somebody else needs to hear. And like, even if you don't like make it or go viral, like, it's important to still like, work towards sharing it and eventually share it with other people. Because sometimes it's just like, it's what somebody needs to hear in that moment. And that's more important than like, overall, like a lot of the things that you do. So I say I definitely learned that, from, learned that from experience too. Um, so my advice is definitely look for what's real, embrace what's real, uh, share it, encourage other people to do the same, you know? And we As have just- Miguel says, Miguel says it only takes one person to hear it. Yeah. That's it. That's all it takes. And we've just got just under five minutes now. And, and there's a few questions I want to get into because a lot of great points have been made. And, and, and you, you have all mentioned in ways falling in love with the craft falling in love with the lyrics that you want people to listen to, which also means that there's different processes when, when writing songs. And I want to kind of pivot back to Miguel now, kind of on his writing process, but also at the same time, what his big vision is for what this could become for students at Sienna Miguel. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, every artist has kind of a different process. Um, the way I write is I like to listen to the melodies. I like to listen to the music and listen to the beat. Um, and then get inspiration for, okay, what, do, what topic can I cover on this beat um, that's going to be able to, A, be digestible, doesn't matter what audience, you know, and really, you know, del effectively deliver a message. Um, so once I'm, I'm vibing, I'm listening to a beat, it could take me three hours, three weeks, three months, three years. Like the song that I wrote with Tehila and Chelsea, 
I've, I was listening to that beat for five and a half years. And it wasn't until I collaborated with these young ladies, these young talented ladies, that everything would just, it, it's just coming to me. Um, so yeah, I listen to the beat. I vibe, I think about a topic and I start, I usually write five, four to five verses um, because I kind of want like the best verse to be incorporated into the song. Um, you know, and that actually leads to the second part of your question, right? My big vision is to collectively, you know, try to collaborate with as many students on CNS campus um, and hopefully create a group dedicated to not only writing music, performing music, but, you know, there's other sides to it. How do we market? You wrote the song. How do we market that to a particular demographic? Okay, number one. Number two, what about the pre-engineering side, right? What about students learning how to become engineers in the studio? A third avenue is beat makers. Okay, well, who can create beats? So we have all these talents, you know, on campus. Like when I attended Siena, we had this beatboxer and he was creating beats just with his, his vocal cords. That was it. So there's so many different avenues to hip hop, you know, the 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 marketing, you know, aspect of it. When when we go ahead and perform, what equipment do we need? How do we want the background to look? So it's one of those things where there's, you know, it, music is a is it's like it's hip hop through expression or any genre through expression. So when it's all said and done, I want to be able to look to an entity on campus, hopefully with funding. If not, I mean, we'll get there. But just, a, you know, a medley of different students. And I say a medley because we don't just want Latinos in one organization. I don't want African-Americans in another. I don't want Asians. No, I want I want us to look like a bowl of any, like a, a bunch of your favorite cereal. That's what I want, ultimately. So that's what we need. And, you know, I'm not looking for people to conform. I'm looking for students to transform. That's what I'm looking at. Substance. All right. I want I want to be very, very clear. I'm, I'm looking to to nurture these students and to dispose of what's fake and feed them what's real. And that's going to be done, hopefully, through an organization on campus um, so that we can collectively share our gifts, reach out and give back to the fellow community. But more importantly, Brandon, show everyone else that Siena has talent. Every other institution, and not only have talent, but cement ourselves within the capital region with the ability to utilize our students. Not only are you going to get a job four years after, well, guess what? Our students have a, a balance where they can get their internships, they can graduate on time, less debt, get a job. At the same time, chasing you know other ventures, because you never know as a business major where that's going to lead you. Oh my God, I think you make so many great points in there. And... You talked about getting all of this talent into the studio and, and showcasing this talent. And we've got just under three minutes left now. And, and I want to give the last moments here to Runcella and Tahila to talk about those moments when you're in the studio as well and that writing process and how it feels to put that music out there for people to listen to. So Runcella, can you talk a little bit about, you know, you were just in the studio a few days ago, what that opportunity is like when, when you're putting together a song and, and that process for you? Yeah, so I feel like I write music very differently than like a lot of people that I know who do make music. I 
do not write anything before I show up to the studio. Most of the time, I, I, I just like, for me, I'm the type of person that I sing off of the vibe that I'm getting. And say I start writing a song, like when I'm home, I'm gonna show up to the studio and I'm not gonna be feeling the song anymore because the vibe is different. Like now I'm in the studio, I'm hearing the beat again, the whole vibe changed. So for me, kind of the way I write is like, like I like Miguel said, like, you know, there's like years between his songs. Like for me, like I have to write it all down in that one like sitting because then after that the song won't come together because the vibe is off and I don't even write the words first I typically put the headphones on it has to be a beat I never heard before and I just freestyle a melody I just hum a whole entire song clip it one take and then I go back and I write words over it honestly that's the sauce that's that's how hits get made (laughs) but um in reality it's just it's just like kind of flowing with it and in the studio I mean I started writing maybe like physically writing maybe two years ago and it took a lot for me to even drop that song um, two months ago because it's like I don't mind singing for people I'm a live performer I love to get up and sing but putting your own song out there that you wrote it's like a whole other like confidence that you have to kind of push especially since like for me I don't like sticking to one genre at all I write in every kind of genre I love like the diversity like I never want to just be in a sense the same artist and in terms of Sienna I would really like like kind of like what Miguel was saying about like a bunch of different people in terms of like engineers producers writers but that also includes like people who do poetry music is a poetry like there's so many poets on campus so much spoken word so many like things that like that that even in that sense it's like art it's you know it's still performing so I feel like it all kind of goes together like it's like a like kind of like advancing your writing and performance and just everything that comes with the art as a whole so yeah and we, we joked about this at, uh, when we sat down a few days ago that we could literally do a month of podcast episodes to talk about all of this. And I know we're not going to get to everything today, but I hope that means that we have all of you back uh, in a year to see the progress of this. Uh, I'm going to call it, you know, club industry vibe that, that we have here at Siena. But I want to give the last uh, the last uh, few minutes here to Tequila to kind of talk about that writing process for you um and and what that style is like and and seeing that finished product uh, of a song that you've created personally okay so for me it really depends on what my goal is like when i'm in the headspace to create because i have like two modes it's either like emotional or like not emotional so if i'm not feeling extra emotional I have a list of things that I want to sample in my notes. I have voice memos from like late night thoughts or instrumentals that I can like, I can have them formulating in my head. So like if I sit down and I want to make a new beat, I usually start with what I have in my notes and then I go from there. But when I'm emotional, it's the exact opposite. Like I'll write whatever I'm feeling in the moment, um, usually just like lyrics. And then once I'm done with those, then I'll come up with what I want to sing and like what I want the song to sound like. So with that, like, it could be the same day or it could be a few weeks from, like, the point that I sat down to write. But as long as I've got the words down, like, I can recall how I was feeling in the moment and kind of, like, go from there. Um, but because of that, like, my beats and my songs, they're, they're, like, two separate, like, entities right now because, like, my beats aren't born out of pure emotion um, because I treat them like they're not always going to be mine. Because with beats, like, you can sell them, you can, like, give them to other people you can collab with other people um so it's like 
it's different because a song that I wrote like for me it's like it's based off of my own personal experience like that's mine <laughs> like that's my baby you can't have that so my mindset is like a little different um when I go into either process and so it's like I know that the more I work on everything and the more people I collab with like the more it'll come together um but for right now that's kind of what the process looks like for me but like I'm just like really glad that I have like this community at Siena um and that I know like I can do whatever I want to as long as I work for it. Like my biggest influence, um, I would say is Childish Gambino. A lot of people know him as Donald Glover, but I really like him because like he's a jack of all trades. Like he's an actor, director, wrote his own TV show. And on top of that, he's a musician with his own alter ego. And it's like, I, I look at him for inspiration because it's like in 2018, he was making hits. He was in, he was playing like, uh, I forget who it is, Lando Calrissian in Solo. Like, he was doing all these crazy things. So it's like, I look at that and I'm like, okay, if he can do that, like I can do that. And I know I can do that. So it's like, it's just been a blessing um, to work with people that really encourage me, like Miguel, Chelsea, Aisha. Um, and I'm really glad that they helped me to like focus in on like what I want and the goals that I have for my life and for myself. So. Well, this has been an incredible show. It is, it's such a new thing at Siena. So inspiring at the same time. Uh, and again, I know we didn't get to everything that we wanted to talk about today, but I hope that means we get to have all three of you on again and hopefully additional students within the next year to, to continue this dialogue and, and this journey that you're all on. Uh, thank you again so much for taking the time to sit down with us. And thank you, everybody, for listening here on the Saints and Alumni Show. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.